Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders return home as they host the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday in a game that has huge playoff implications. The Raiders trail Indy by a game in the playoff standings. The Colts currently occupy the seventh and final postseason spot. In essence, this is a playoff game for the Raiders. A win, and they would move into seventh place and own the all-important tiebreaker. A loss, well, it would be absolutely catastrophic because they would trail the Colts by two games with just three to play. And they wouldn't have the tiebreaker. And at that point, the Raiders would need to win out and hope the Colts lose two out of the last three games. The Raiders could perhaps catch the Dolphins, and that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility because Miami has a very difficult stretch of games to end the season. They host the Chiefs and Patriots and finish at the Raiders and Bills. A lot of scenarios still to be played out, but it begins on Sunday, and the Silver and Black need to beat Indy. Of course, the Raiders are facing a very familiar foe at quarterback, Phillip Rivers. 39-year-old spent the first 16 years of his career playing for the Chargers before signing with the Colts in the offseason. Rivers has 18 career wins versus the Raiders, and that's the most by any starting quarterback. I'll have more on Indianapolis a little bit later in the podcast. The Raiders are three-point underdogs at home. Despite the fact the Raiders won last week and are playing in their own backyard, it clearly shows what the Vegas oddmakers think of the way the Raiders are playing over the last couple of games. Raider Nation, you need to check out betonline.ag. It not only has NFL, but college football. And with the NBA less than two weeks away from tipping off the regular season, you can wager on who's going to make the finals. It's interesting, the NBA only released the first half of its schedule to give itself some flexibility with the coronavirus on the back end. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the 19th all-time meeting between these two franchises. Raiders hold a slight edge with 10 wins. They met last year in Indy, and the Raiders came out on top by a score of 31-24. The very first meeting? Well, it happened after the NFL-AFL merger, and the Baltimore Colts, as they were known back then, jumped conferences to the newly formed AFC. The two met in the title game, January the 3rd, 1971. And the Colts beat the Oakland Raiders 27-17. The two teams would meet again nearly seven years later on Christmas Eve in Baltimore. However, this time it was in the division round. The Raiders and the Colts slugged it out for nearly four hours. The fifth longest game in NFL history. Nine lead changes. The contest would be decided in double overtime and would be forever remembered for one critical play. The ghost to the post. I'll set the scenario. The Raiders trailed by three late in the fourth quarter and needed a big play. And they got it. 
from tight end Dave Casper. The Raiders would eventually tie the game, and from there it went into a second overtime when the Ghosts won it for the silver and black. To this day, it's still the greatest game I have ever seen. All right, let's dive into the Colts and Raiders and perhaps some very good news, Raider Nation. Starting right tackle Trent Brown returned to practice on Wednesday. Brown was limited, according to Raiders head coach John Gruden. But if Brown can return to the lineup, it would be a welcome sight. The last few weeks, the O-line has started to spring some leaks as the running game has stalled out. And Raider quarterbacks have been sacked seven times. Over the last three games in particular, the rushing attack is averaging less than 70 yards. Now that pills in comparison to what they did against the Browns, Broncos, and Chargers when they averaged more than 190 yards a game. Here's what Gruden had to say about the Raiders' run game following practice. I haven't been happy with it the last couple games. I know our guys haven't either. And we can be optimistic and we can be realistic. And I'm going to be realistic. We got to do a better job. We got to have better plans. We got to coach better. We got to, we got to do it better. And um, I'll just leave it at that. It's never good enough, kind of like our pass rush. No matter how good it is some weeks, it's still never good enough. We uh, feed our families with our running game. We got to be able to run out the clock at the end of the game like we did in Arrowhead. We got to be able to convert in short yardage. We didn't do that in Atlanta. And it's still you know, irritates all of us. So we got to do better. And uh, we, we made the effort to get better today. When Brown plays, he's arguably one of the best right tackles in football. The problem is, he's hardly played this season. Brown's missed 10 games so far. And for all intents and purposes, he's missed 11 because he only played three snaps in the opener against Carolina. On top of that, he missed training camp with a calf injury. The only game he played in was the win in Kansas City week five. And then he tested positive for COVID-19 the following week. Here's what Derek Carr had to say about Brown's potential return. It's lovely to see to see Trent out at practice today. Uh, you know, I, anyone would be silly to say it wasn't, you know. Um, our offensive line, I think, is the best in the NFL. And I love those guys. And I think that all of them should be pro bowlers. I think all of, them, all of them should go and get every accolade ever because of what they've been able to do and how many positions they've played. And then when Trent gets healthy and he's coming back, how, you, know, you, you, hope, you hope he can play and then you see what could be, you know. And again, it feels like we've been waiting all year, you know, to see 
the whole group together. You know, feel like we've been waiting all year to see our whole offense at full tilt. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But um, you know, if we can get to that point, it'd be nice to get some games under our belt together and see what we can do. But seeing Trent out there is awesome. I love that guy uh, so much. I'm thankful for him, and uh, you know, I just hope everything. You know, you know, he's healthy and ready to rock. Last week, the Colts held Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson without a touchdown pass for the first time this season. But if the Raiders' O-line can give card time, they'll be looking for a repeat performance from last week in which he torched the Jets for nearly 400 yards passing and three touchdowns. The Colts are in the middle of the road when it comes to getting to the quarterback with 28 sacks. One key stat to keep an eye on, that's third down. The Raiders' offense has been one of the best in the league, converting nearly 50%. And we know Derek loves to look for his favorite target in those situations, wide receiver Hunter Renfo. Indy isn't particularly strong on third down, allowing a 40% conversion rate. To the defense now, and it is going to be imperative, the Raiders get after quarterback Phillip Rivers. I mean, as we all know, he's an old-school pocket passer. Yet the Colts have allowed just 15 sacks this season. On the flip side, Raiders defense has just 15 sacks this season. Now, the Raiders D picked up three sacks last week, including two strip sacks by Cleef Farrell, who missed the previous two games because of the coronavirus. This is amazing to me, Raider Nation, that it's week 14, and the coaching staff is still searching for answers along the defensive line. Evident by the signing of Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley. Now, Beasley played six snaps against the Jets. And to be honest, I didn't even know he was on the field. At the same time, Carl Nassib was a healthy scratch Sunday. Gruden said Nassib wasn't one of the best eight defensive linemen the Raiders had available. And that's not very good, considering the Raiders paid him in the offseason for three years at a little over $25 million including a signing bonus just under $17 million. What do you have to show for it? Well, not much. A sack and a half, seven quarterback hits, and 12 tackles. Let that sink in, Raider Nation. But look, there's a lot more blame to go around. Malik Collins has been a disappointment. He's hurt. Jonathan Hankins, he's played well. And Cleve Farrell and Max Crosby, they've been solid, with Crosby leading the team with six sacks. Lastly, Arden Key. I think his scholarship should be running out at some point awfully soon. As far as the secondary, look for Trayvon Mullen to shadow Colts' top wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. He's coming off his first 100-yard game of the season, and he's Rivers' favorite target among Indy's receiving core. Jonathan Abram, who missed last Sunday's game, did return to the field on Wednesday, but it was limited, according to Gruden. Cornerback Damon Arnett and safety Jeff Heath, they did not practice as both are still in concussion protocol. It's the second straight week Arnett's been in protocol. He and Jets running back Frank Gore were knocked out after a helmet-to-helmet collision. Now, as insurance, the team brought back former Raider Darrell Worley on Wednesday, although I'm not sure you can really call that insurance. Worley was waived by the Cowboys, who actually have the worst defense in the Raiders. Gruden gave Arnett a cautious thumbs up. On Monday. All right, for more on the Indianapolis Colts, I am pleased to be joined by Jake Arthur. He hosts the Believe in Colts podcast and also writes for Sports Illustrated, allcolts.com. Jake, thanks so much for joining me. 
Absolutely, Dennis. Thanks for having me, bud. All right, the Colts 8-4. and four. They're tied for first place in the AFC South. I know they've won three out of the last four, so how would you describe the, the way they're playing right now? Uh, I mean, they're, they're pulling off some wins, but really more than anything, they're really looking for some consistency. It seems like they don't get a complete offensive, defensive, special teams effort for 60 minutes. One unit shows up for a while, and then the other one does. There's been a lot of second-half stuff lately. Um, last week, everything was in the first half offensively. Uh, both teams combined for 44 points in the first half, and then they combined for two in the second <laughs> half. Uh, so the, the Colts' defense was ratcheted up in the second half. But, no, they're, they're doing enough to win right now. Uh, they just really need to pull together – a complete a complete team game for 60 minutes they're they're capable of it um but they just actually have to do it well jake the raiders are obviously very familiar with colts quarterback philip rivers he's making his 29th career start versus the raiders and believe it or not he has more career wins against the raiders than any other starting quarterback with 18 mm. how would you assess his season uh yeah I, I think he's given the colts some consistency at the quarterback position um, I, I know in the past he's, he's been hot and cold, what have you, but he's, I don't know. He's just giving, giving you a consistent passing game and the Colts run game, honestly, hasn't been as effective as they probably thought it was going to be. Uh, they finished seventh last year. They added Jonathan Taylor early in the draft. They returned all five offensive linemen. So they probably expected to be in the top five, uh, but it's really just been very inconsistent. And so Philip Rivers being pretty steady has probably increased his value. So he's probably been more valuable than what they even thought. Now he's not playing like an MVP or anything like that, but he's just giving them good quality quarterback play. Uh, early in the season, he was doing a lot of that vintage gunslinger, throwing it into questionable coverage stuff, but that's calmed down a bit. Um, I just think he really works well in unison with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni. And uh, I've noticed in the past, I don't know, probably three or four games, especially, it seems like he's really got command of the offense now. Um, Cause he, he played in this offense in, in the majority of it back with uh, Frank and Nick Sirianni in San Diego. So a lot of, a lot of the offense he already knew, but he had to get used to new teammates and new offensive lines, stuff like that. And I think all that lately is, is coming together. So really he's, he's given them exactly what they've wanted, maybe a little more because the offense kind of marches to the beat of his drum. Also, if he hasn't had a good game, the whole offense hasn't. Uh, but when he's on, everything seems to be clicking. Is Nick Sirianni the offensive coordinator for the Colts? Yeah, Frank Wright calls the plays, but Nick Sirianni is very involved in, in everything else. Uh, he was a quarterback's coach and a receiver's coach, I believe, with the Chargers. Uh, so the three of them were all together back then. Okay. Uh, Jake, what is the strength of this Colts football team? Uh, the the most valuable part of their team, I mean, of, of course, aside from quarterback, I, I think every team can say that. You got to say defensive line. Uh, DeForest Buckner has been an enormous addition for them worth every penny they paid and absolutely worth the 13th overall pick. I don't think they could have gotten anything like him for that. 
Um, he's been playing at an all pro level. He was an all pro once before in San Francisco, and he's probably playing as, as good as he ever did right now. Uh, so he's, he's been doing really well. Justin Houston has come on lately. Uh, he had three sacks and a safety last week. Uh, Kimoku Toure just came back. Danico Autry is playing really good football. He was leading them in sacks all year up until Justin Houston just overtook him with that three sack performance. Um, so yeah, and I'd, I'd have to throw Taekwon Lewis in there as well. Uh, he had a quality rookie year last year and his second year was a little bit of a dud. He, he had a lower leg injury that just made him really ineffective. And then he came back this year and he's doing really, really well. So that, that unit just kind of wreaks havoc for offenses and that allows those linebackers, Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, Bobby Okariki, it allows them to fly around and make plays on the ball. So they're doing their own work and they're creating work, or they're creating plays uh, behind them for the linebackers. Danico Autry, a former Raider. You gave us a lot of names on defense right there, Jake. But what about the other side of the ball? Who are some names that Raider fans should be aware of? Uh, so the, the Colts offense is a very evil opportunity offense. There's not a lot of like individual stars that, you know, just dominate touches all the time. Uh, so I'll start with tight ends. Uh, Jack Doyle, he has his flashes sometimes of, of productivity, but your real dangerous tight ends are Mo Alley Cox and Trey Burton. Uh, both of them are really athletic. They're able to stretch the field. They can, you know, dominate the scene. They've got pretty good hands. Uh, you'll you'll see Philip spread the ball around to pretty much everyone, but he does like his tight ends and those guys in particular. And then at running back, you're probably going to see a pretty fair amount of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Both of them can contribute as runners and pass catchers. Uh, Taylor is a much, much more advanced runner and tough runner, you know, strong, powerful, fast guy. Uh, but yeah, Hines and Taylor have really caused problems for teams, both as runners and receivers. So they do a lot of team things on, on the offensive side of the ball. So that's, I would expect those four to really make an impact. So when the Colts are playing well, what's working? Uh, as a team, I would say Phillip Rivers is on. Um, you know, when, when he's at his best, he's got a high completion percentage and a high passing yards per attempt. There's been a lot of instances of that this year. And then on the defensive side, the, um, the defensive line is getting after the quarterback. They played the run really well already, but when, you know, Buckner is providing an interior pass rush and you got Houston coming off the edge or Autry or Lewis coming off the edge, that's really when the team is playing at its best. Uh, we've seen some dominant performances against really lowly teams. Uh, the Jets was domination. Uh, they really beat up on the Vikings before the Vikings kind of got their act together. Uh, so that that's kind of been the catalyst for their best performances. And for on the defensive side of the ball, when, when that defensive line is performing really well, you notice their defensive backs are playing really, really well also. Xavier Rhodes has resurrected his career. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level, maybe not all pro, maybe, but I'll at least say Pro Bowl. Uh, he's playing really well. Kenny Moore is excellent. So they're really making life easier for the guys who have to actually cover receivers. They're, they're not having to cover them for very long. Last question. I'll get you out of here on this. 
this is a playoff game for the Raiders. They're mm-hmm. on the outside looking in. They're, the Colts are one of the teams they're chasing. The Raiders control their own destiny because they play the Colts and they also play the Dolphins, another team they're chasing. A loss would be catastrophic for the Raiders. I mean, they basically need to win out. Are the Colts treating this like a playoff game or do they perhaps have a little bit of wiggle room? Ah, man, wiggle room for them is really sparse. I don't really, I don't really know that you could say they could afford to drop this game uh, because their four remaining opponents, uh, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders beat them pretty handily at home last year. And I can't imagine the team has changed all that much. So they know they can lose there. Uh, they play the Texans again. The Texans could have very well beat them uh, last week. It, it came down to like the final minute or so. Uh, the Jaguars, they have them in week seven, uh, week 17. Yeah, the Jaguars are bad, but their only win is against the Colts. And then they have the Steelers also. Uh, the Steelers have had the best record in the league all year. Uh, so all four of their games, there's cause for concern. You know, you drop this one against the Raiders and then there suddenly is zero margin for error. And they're in that seventh and final playoff spot right now. All those teams are in a, just a big lump together. So those teams that lose, they're really going to, you know, trickle down the board. Uh, the, the Titans, the Colts and Titans share the, the AFC South right now, eight and four. And the Titans aren't a bad team. Um, you really don't want to have to rely on a team like that to keep losing because, you know, when Derrick Henry's on, they can pretty much beat everyone, you know. So I would imagine the Colts are – approaching all all these remaining games as must wins what's the old saying any given sunday anything can happen absolutely (laughs) hey jake thanks so much for joining me i really appreciate all your insight yeah absolutely i appreciate you having me raider nation don't forget you can check out jake on his believe in colts podcast and you can also follow him on twitter at jake arthur nfl All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts on the coffee quarter. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.